Hi, my name is Clay. I'd love to share a story with you guys of a time that God brought me through a really difficult situation in my life. Um, I was 16 years old and I was diagnosed with an autoimmune disease called ulcerative colitis. I battled this disease for about five years of my life and um, through it, I mean, I, I saw countless doctors, probably like 10 different doctors, a bunch of medications. Um, I was trying anything to keep myself healthy. And after about two years of just things not working and, and the disease getting gradually worse, I remember being so confused and frustrated on as to why, why God would allow me to go through something like that. And I remember praying to him and, and just asking him to heal me, asking him to take away the disease, get me out of the situation. And through all that frustration, I was just seeking understanding from him, understanding why this was happening to me, what I needed to do with my heart, just everything. And I remember one night in particular, I had been in a hospital for a few days and my symptoms had gotten pretty out of control. And I didn't really know what was gonna happen the next few days. I was being transferred to a different hospital to get more intensive care. And I remember like three o'clock in the morning, I was praying to God and I was, I was crying out to him, I was seeking understanding. And I remember he just kind of quieted my heart. He spoke to me and he said, Clay, You've been praying all this time for me to heal you, but you live as if your life proves that you believe I don't exist. And when he said that, he just started to open up my life and my heart and allow me to see it. And I just realized how, how self-focused I had been up until that point, that my life had been all about myself and it was at the expense of others. And I remember just being so disgusted with how my life was and um, I just remember saying God if you'll if you'll forgive me of all these things then I I'll give you my life like I don't want my life anymore you can have it if you forgive me of these things my life is yours and I remember God meeting me in that in that place in that moment and just knowing in my heart that I was forgiven and I was accepted by him and um, I remember for the first time that I actually loved others more than myself and I could actually tell someone I loved them and mean it. And so that was a big moment. It was a big changing moment in my life. And so from there, I still had, I still went through about three years of the disease and um, it was difficult, but it was different because my eyes weren't as focused on myself. I was focused on God and what he was going to do with my life and, and, and he was just like teaching me what it looked like to live for him and all the fruit that it can bring and um, the legacy that it can leave. So I was so, I was, I was excited um, for what God was going to do. And not, and then three years later, I ended up um, getting healed from the disease through intelligence and wisdom of doctors. And, and then from then on, I was just um, living a happy life. Like um, I decided to go into pre-medicine to, um, hopefully become a doctor and help others overcome health challenges of their own. And I think the biggest thing that I took from that situation and from growing in my faith with the Lord in those, those difficult times was God really loves people. And he created me in the same image to love people the same way he loves them. And um, I think Easter is a perfect time, perfect reminder for me of how he loved people on the cross 
and that I was created to walk in the same way. And so I hope this encourages you that we can just follow Jesus in the way he loved people. Morning. Hey. Happy Easter. Happy Easter, everyone. It's good to be with you. Easter 2020, live yeah. in the Hub House. Yeah, welcome back. I'm yeah. with you this morning. Thanks so much, Clay. Yeah, it's really good to hear from Clay, hearing his story and how God showed up in some really tough places. And that's kind of what we're going to be looking at today. Yeah, yeah. But first, we want to know, what are you doing for Easter this morning? What are some changes that have been going on? I know we normally have parents over grandparents and that's not happening today so we want to know from you put it in the chat section on youtube just what's different today than how you would normally spend easter maybe some new traditions maybe we'll yeah. never go back to having the feast dinner again we might like it so much yeah gluttony right? <laughs> that's right yeah so we've been talking the last few weeks and we're really wrapping that up this morning about how what jesus who he is and what he accomplished with his death and resurrection showed that he had an indestructible life and really that that brings an indestructible life to us. And that doesn't mean that we don't encounter challenges. And obviously there are a lot of challenges in the world right now, a lot of challenges that some of us are facing, a lot of us are facing, but there's a quality of life and a strength of life that God brings that it's not just left up to our own abilities or how smart we are or how good our strategy is. I think there's a lot right now about kind of tactics and um, what, what, what are the best moves we need to make to survive. Which are all good. Those are good things. But yeah, I mean, we need to have good wisdom. I'm really glad there are smart people working on smart tactics. But there's something beyond that. Mm -hmm. There's a, a quality of, of abundant, powerful life in God that he wants to bring to us. And, you know, just looking at our own lives, I thought about, you know, we've been married 20 plus years here now, and just to have a, a good marriage that lasts a long haul, we've, we're raising kids, we've got two in college right now, and so navigating teenage years, college years, some sickness issues in our family, it's, we've needed that kind of life. And sometimes it hasn't felt like it's there, but I'm just so glad that God has over and over again brought his powerful life to us. Mm -hmm. Right. And as we receive that life, then we can give life to each other in our relationships or to our children. And so that's really the theme that we're talking about this morning is yeah. receiving first and then being able to give. Yeah. And as you have questions throughout the morning mm -hmm. on that chat area, please ask. We'll be responding also this morning and um, just want to be a community together. Mm -hmm. So um, in Matthew... 10, 8, it says, freely you have received, freely give. And so that's really the theme we want to talk about this morning. And we're going to talk about some people who experienced a great loss. It mm -hmm. was, you know, kind of similar to what we've experienced. Things were great. You mm -hmm. know, their hero Jesus had been gathering all these crowds and he was kind of the man. And um, then suddenly he was dead on a cross, like a humiliating, awful cross that really dashed all their hopes, all their mm -hmm. expectations yeah. of who they thought Jesus right. was. They were he kind was, of huddled up, scared, confused, not knowing what to do next. Kind yeah. of like, kind of like yeah, all of us. here we are. Huddled right. <laughs> up in their homes. Yeah, afraid. Right. And um, so 
this story that we're going to talk about are two of his friends mm -hmm. who are walking along the road and kind of just talking, kind of like what some of us are right. doing. Like, I just need to talk. And how is your, you know, what are you thinking? I don't know. Like, mm -hmm. let's just kind of talk and walk together. Right. And that's Maybe I don't know if they were six feet apart. <laughs> <laughs> the police were coming. That's right. Away. Break it up. <laughs> so that's, you know, I think we can relate to some of these people. You know, they're kind of going through hard things just like we are. So we want to pick up the story about these two mm -hmm. friends um, on the road to Emmaus. And that's in Luke 24. 13 to 35. Yeah, so I'll just start. We're just going to kind of read through the story and talk through it as we go. So in verse 13, we read that that very day, two of them were going to a village named Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem, and they were talking with each other about all these things that had happened. And as Reagan mentioned, they were not in the best state of mind. They had a lot of internal disorientation and questions and a lot of similarities to how a lot of us have been feeling. And we read on in verse 15, it says, while they were talking and discussing together, Jesus himself drew near and went with them. So, wow, this is good news. Jesus, the risen Jesus, he's alive. And he shows up and he's on this road right where they are walking alongside him. But, Right. They're not aware. Verse 16 says, but their eyes were kept from recognizing him. Yeah, I think that's really interesting. Like, here's Jesus walking right next to them, and they had no idea. Uh -huh. <laughs> they didn't know that God was right there in their midst. And, you know, was uh -huh. it the state of their mind? Was it Jesus was, it was kind of different? Right, yeah. We're not really sure, like, what was going on? Why was there a disconnect? A lot of times our frame of mind really, mm -hmm. you know, alters Poisoned what we see. Yeah. yeah. Um, our oldest son, Adam, is home. And he had a beard, kind of like Jonathan's, and he shaved it. And we went out onto the beach near uh, Manhattan and took a lot of pictures. And Jonathan posted them on Facebook. And my mom looked at them and she asked me, like, who's that guy? With you, and she had no idea it was Adam. Right. And I think that, yeah, she didn't recognize her grandson. And I think that happens a lot, you know, when a friend gets a new haircut or does something different, you're like, I don't uh, know you anymore. Like, who are you? It takes us a little bit. Right. I think that's what was going on too. You know, you just don't expect changes. You kind of just kind of live with the normal. When something different happens, it takes a while to recognize right. things. And I think. It's important to see that this is this is a reality that if they had seen it, it would have brought them a whole lot of joy. Yeah, immediately. Uh, this is great news. This yeah, is a great, great thing. Yeah, exactly. But they were oblivious to it because they were still stuck in their way of seeing things. And you know, we don't want to be shallow, but I think that's very important to see that God is always at work in the world. He's always bringing His light, and even right now in the middle of things, He is there and He's showing up. And he's, he's bringing his indestructible life. And he wants us to have our eyes open to see that what he's doing and not mm -hmm. just the things that, that are hard to process. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so um, we're going to read more of the story here. In verse 17, we read, and, and he, Jesus, said to them, What is this conversation that you are holding with each other as you walk? 
and they stood still, looking sad. Then one of them, named Cleopas, answered him, Are you the only visitor to Jerusalem who does not know the things that have happened there in these days? And Jesus said to them, What things? I like this about Jesus, how he kind of played, plays it cool. He's not showing his hand yet. <laughs> so when are they going to figure this out? Let's it play out. And they said to him, concerning Jesus of Nazareth, a man who was a prophet, mighty in deed and word, before God and all the people. And how our chief priests and rulers delivered him up to be condemned to death and crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one to redeem Israel. Yes, and besides all this, it is now the third day since these things happened. Moreover, some women of our group amazed us. They were at the tomb early in the morning, and when they did not find his body, they came back saying that they had even seen a vision of angels who said that he was alive. And let's just see them like turning to Jesus and saying, what do you think about this crazy scenario? What, 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 you know, that's, what do you think about that? Some of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said, but him, him they did not see. And he said to them, O foolish ones, and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Was it not necessary that the Christ should suffer these things and enter into his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted to them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. So they drew near to the village to which they were going. He acted as if he were going farther, but they urged him strongly, saying, Stay with us, for it is toward evening, and the day is now far spent. So he went in to stay with them. So here they are, they're walking with Jesus, they're encountering him without knowing him, mm -hmm. but they're kind of like it's a good thing. Yeah, I like how there's a drawing. There's like it uh -huh. feels like they're sponges, like they're just kind of receiving. Right. And hungry and really just absorbing everything that Jesus is telling them. And something's like wanting them, please stay. Like I like this. I mm -hmm. want you here. Yeah. So they're 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 basically receiving his life, this indestructible life, even though they don't know what's going on yet. But God has made the first move to them through Jesus. And they're starting to receive mm -hmm. his life. And that's really how it works with us too, that God, you know, he comes to us, but first we just got to receive. Right. And really, he makes the first move. It's ultimately about him. But there is a, a part on our hearts to open up and right. see mm -hmm. what he wants to give to yeah. us. Yeah, how am I responding yeah. to this Jesus who might not be who I want him to be or how I expect mm -hmm. him to be, what I assume he should be. But there's still something in my heart that's responding and okay, can I receive it? Can I respond to it, even if it's unfamiliar? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And am I able to let go of the, my belief in the bad news mm -hmm. enough to open up to the good news that Jesus is here and he's bringing something? So they go on in verse 30. It says, when he was at a table, at table with them, he took the bread and blessed and broke it and gave it to them. And their eyes were opened, and they recognized him, and he vanished from their sight. Then they said to each other, Did not our hearts burn within us while he talked to us on the road, 
while he opened to us the scriptures. So here it is in this moment. Our eyes are open. They realize who he is. And they believe. And so there's this part of receiving. Always we need a personal encounter with God. We need him to come to us and reveal something of himself to us. But then there's also a response on our part that for us to receive, we have to believe. We have to put our trust in him. And so um, that's true for, for them. It's true for us. And actually now we're going to hear a story from our friend Brianna. And Bree is going to tell us kind of how she's experienced this in her life. All right. Go Bree. Yeah. Hey guys, I'm Bree. Um, I just want to share my testimony this morning with you guys. Um, if you had asked me who God was three years ago, I would not have been able to tell you. Um, before I came to college at K-State, I wasn't even sure who God was. Um, I grew up being told I was a Christian, but I didn't know what that meant, and I didn't know who Jesus was the majority of my life. Um, in high school, I really didn't party, I didn't drink, but when I became a freshman in college in Colorado, I pretty quickly fell into the wrong crowd. Um, I wanted to fit in so badly that I quickly got swept up into the party scene. I was drinking multiple times a week, I was skipping class, and I was just letting my relationship with my parents just kind of fall apart. Um, this summer after my freshman year, I took a pre-veterinary study abroad trip to Thailand doing something I loved and because I'd always wanted to be a veterinarian all of my life. Um, and on this trip, I just realized that I was so far off the path that I needed to be on. Um, and I felt the only way to fix this and to, because my relationship with my parents was at its breaking point by the end of that summer, that I just realized I needed to transfer to university and get back on the right path. When I transferred to K-State, I didn't know anyone. I had only been to Kansas one time before that, and it was to visit campus. Um, I had no idea where I belonged. I was trying to find the right crowd. Um, I remember my first day at K-State so clearly because it was negative three degrees outside. <laughs> I was freezing. Um, I was done with my morning classes, and I needed to walk one way to get to the shuttle to take me back to my apartment. But something in my head was like, you should go to the student union. And I was like, that is the opposite direction of where I need to go. But I just felt this voice saying like, you should really go to the student union. And I was like, okay, I'll go to the student union. So in the negative degree weather, I walked to the student union, got some Regina's coffee, and I turned around and there were these two girls looking at me. And so I was like, oh, and I saw this booth and I was like, that's interesting. And so I walked up and I met Sharon and Peyton. Um, they were doing the passion booth for Called to Greatness. And I recently just, I started talking to them. They asked me what my passion was. And having previously just gotten back from Thailand, I was like, oh, elephants. <laughs> and so we talked for a while. And they invited me to the Called to Greatness meeting, that campus meeting that Thursday. So I walked out and I was like, oh, wow. Like I already got invited to something. This is the first day of school. So I called my mom. And I was like, yeah, I don't know if I'm going to go, but it was pretty cool. They were really nice. I went to the campus meeting that Thursday. <laughs> um, and I just remember walking into the campus meeting and just the feeling of being so welcome, like people I didn't even know wanted to meet me. They were so excited to meet someone they've never met. And I was like, oh my gosh, like this is, I've never felt like this before. And it was really cool. And then even the message that night, like coming from, not really knowing God and not really going to church and hearing messages, that message just, it blew my mind. And I was like, wow, like, this is so cool. 
Um, but I couldn't ignore just like, yeah, I just felt so drawn to call to greatness, even though I had never had that relationship with God before. Um, so I started attending every campus meeting after that. And I met up with the girls from CT, CTG to hang out and get coffee and just get to know them. Um, later on that semester was the spring break trip to Houston. And so I went and it was life changing. Um, it was the coolest thing I've ever experienced. And I just really felt God like telling me this is where I belonged. And I was like, he just pushed me to really like give my life to him. So I did. Um, I gave my life to God and I got baptized in Houston. Um, and I just, it was great. I just had never felt like so sure of anything. Um, I saw a lot of things in my life change after that. And God's presence was in everything I was doing after that. Um, I was able to start breaking off ties with lies about myself and lies about God that I had. Um, I had to work through a lot of forgiveness with myself and with the people around me. Um, it wasn't always easy. God was bringing up things in my past that I needed to work through in my daily life that need changing. Um, the during was always hard, but when I saw the fruit of my transformations, it made it all worth it. Um, as my faith got stronger, I felt that the enemy kept trying to work harder. Um, a little over a year ago, I was in a place where I was facing just a lot more lies than I thought. And I was blaming myself for my parents' problems that I had nothing to do with, but I felt so much blame from it. Um, I was facing a lot of anger, a lot of rejection, a lot of feeling of just being overwhelmed by all the feelings I was having. Um, and I was not letting God help me. Um, I was just letting all the emotions control me in my life. I was lashing out at people, people that wanted to help, and I wasn't being the person God called me to be. Um, I was starting to get that feeling where I wasn't sure where I belonged anymore, and I was getting so overwhelmed that I just wanted to get up, give up. I just wanted to be done with all of it. Um, God worked pretty fast in that moment to just tell me that these thoughts were not from him, that I did belong. Um, I started to go into a season where I was just hearing from God every day. Like when I heard a lie, like I just, I brought them to God and I was hearing him. Like he was speaking to me so much. Like I'd be in conversations and God'd be like, hello, I'm here. Hello. And I just was able to work through a lot of those lies. And I was able to start distinguishing the identity he had for me and thus made up these lies that I had about myself. Um, and God really showed me the things in my life that I needed to let go of and what exactly was holding me back. Um, I felt like I was really on the path of transformation that next semester and I was doing better and I started working on rebuilding certain relationships. And then one day in my organic chemistry class, I mentioned something about going to church and going to my campus meeting. And one of my friends turned to me and said, oh, I didn't really take you for the Jesus-y type. I was like, what do you mean? And he was like, I just don't really see you as someone that goes to church and stuff. And I was like, oh, and he didn't mean any harm by it. But I felt like I was just kind of failing. I was like, how, how does someone in class like not see me as a follower of Christ? Like, what does that mean that I'm doing? Um, but after that comment, I just like, I brought it to God and I was like, what am I like, what does this mean? Um. And he was just, he reminded me of the chapters I was currently reading in my Bible, first and second Peter, and just really like, you know, bringing out those God-like qualities of people. And he was like, well, how, how can you do this? Like, how can you bring God into like a class where you never thought you'd, you'd need to bring the presence in? Like just, it's just organic chemistry. Like I go in, learn, leave. He was like, but how can you bring me into that? 
And I was like, oh, okay. Uh, I need to represent the kingdom and everything. Like even when I'm in class learning, like I need to bring the kingdom into that. Um, and so this really motivated me to like, just continue to get into that word every day. Um, and I needed to bring the kingdom everywhere I went. So I started to, I tried just bringing it like wherever I went. I tried speaking of him all the time so people would know, like I'm a follower of Christ. Um, and after this, I felt like I was really giving God full control over my problems and what I was facing. And I felt him call me into a season of peace, finally. <laughs> God told me that he just wanted me to just rest in his presence and find peace in letting him have control, not me. Um, it was a hard to break. It was a hard habit to break because taking control is something I've struggled with because I like feel like I need to do it. But I really, with this season, I started to really trust God and find peace in letting him take the control. Um, I wasn't easily angered anymore. One of the big things I just noticed in previous semesters, I would get so overwhelmed and so anxious when I had an exam coming up because I tried to take control over the situation. And one of the biggest changes I noticed um, after God called me into the season was I didn't get anxious anymore. I took the first exam of this semester and I was like, oh, I feel pretty good about that. I didn't drop everything to study and like overwork myself. Like I feel really good about that. And I did really good on the test. And so that was one of the first things I really noticed. Um, and it was a really big breakthrough and I had started finding balance and time with Jesus and I was really enjoying like my season and I was doing pretty good. Um, and over spring break, everything that happened with COVID-19, I was before the disrupt in my schedule would have just broken me. I would have been like, I don't know what to do. But I think with this last semester, God calling me to this rest and this peace, I wasn't bothered by it. I was like, okay, like something's changing. Like, how can I? change my schedule to fit this and how can I rearrange things to have more time here at home um so I was just I felt like God really prepared my heart for this time um and I've been really enjoying it um I'm thankful that God is still working miracles in my life and in the world around me um I'm thankful that with this time I get to spend more time with my roommates and I get to spend more time with him um there's more time for God time and I'm most of all, I'm just really thankful that by knowing Jesus, that he's led me into my identity. And three years ago, I would have never been at this place, but now I am. And now I get the opportunity to help others like me encounter him too. Thank you. Brie, that's awesome. I love hearing the power of a transformed life. Mm -hmm. Just how God, God alone is the only one who can do that. The details in that story, too, just how God's hand was reaching out to her. It's really cool. Mm -hmm. And what's great about God reaching out to us is that causes us to want to reach out to others. Right. And to, like we said, freely give or freely receive, freely give. And how God calls us to give to others, to think of others. In Luke 24, we you know, meet our friends again. And it says, and they rose that same hour and returned to Jerusalem. And they found the eleven and those who were with them gathered together, saying, The Lord has risen indeed and has appeared to Simon. Then they told what had happened on the road and how he was known to them in the breaking of the bread. Yeah, so to, to live in this indestructible life, we first have to receive and then give. Mm -hmm. and We've heard ministry defined as the overflow of God's life in us. 
to others, which is really uh, insightful. Because we have to first get filled up, mm -hmm. and then when we're full, we naturally overflow and want to give to people around us. And it's really cool in the story. Actually, I, I looked through these. There are 16 accounts in the, the, the four Gospels, the four different stories about Jesus' life. And after his resurrection, there are 16 different encounters that Jesus has with people. Um, or a couple of them were like angels at the tomb that had with people. And in almost every one of those encounters, 14 out of 16 of the times where people encountered Jesus, they received life from him. And then they went and told somebody else. And they went and gave something to other people. Hmm. And so you see this, it's just like in a pattern. Yeah, as we receive that life, we just, it's the natural thing to yeah. spread it to other people. Um, and so, you know, that's really a principle all throughout the Bible. In Luke 6.38, Jesus said, give and you will receive. Your gift will return to you in full. Press down, shaken together to make room for more. Running over and poured into your lap. The amount you give will determine the amount that you get back. So when we get this life, it makes us like a river, not a swamp, right? <laughs> There's water coming in, but it needs an outlet to keep, keep flowing okay. and bringing that life to other okay. people. And maybe you feel like a swamp. Maybe yeah. you're kind of realizing, you know, maybe I don't have this life that, you know, we're talking about. I thought you were going to tell everybody how I was in a swamp for a lot of last week. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> probably because I was swampy and you're in. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we desperately need our lives to be changed, right? And I love that about Bree's testimony. And I think that's what Jesus is asking you and all of us. Right. How, how has he changed your life? Right. Is his life flowing through you? Has your heart been changed by his mercy and love? And if not, it's easy. Like we talked about, receive him mm -hmm. and, and then tell somebody. And, mm -hmm. you know, I think in this season, like, so how do we give, you know, I know that's been a question we all have had, like, mm -hmm. I'm supposed to stay in my home. I don't know how to really give. And it is more challenging, but it can, we can be creative, right? We can figure this thing out, mm -hmm. how we can give toward other people right. um, after we've received the life that Jesus gave us. I think, mm -hmm. you know, we can look around and see the needs around us. I love how people are making masks. Mm -hmm. and donating them and right. giving them to the community yeah. and i know in manhattan that's a thing and you know with your time make a mask so give to others make a phone call um if somebody you know needs help somehow be creative and giving them help i think there are ways that we can love and give toward others also, you know, tell somebody what God has done in your life, mm -hmm. how he's, how you're experiencing his love, mm -hmm. how you're experiencing his yeah. comfort, and how you're experiencing just, you know, in sorrow, maybe he gave you some help, maybe he gave something to you, and I know, I like hearing stories mm -hmm. of what Jesus is doing in somebody's life, it makes me think, oh, wow, that could be available to me, too, if it's available to them, mm -hmm. and then another way to give is really, you know, giving of your life, expressing joy, expressing hope, mm -hmm. um, increase the number of stories going around, you know, be one of those people yeah. who brings life, brings a story, brings, you know, um, a new way of really giving. Yeah. Yeah. So, and, you know, and ask God, Hey, what do you want me to do? Cause that's where it flows from. from within us. So just kind of continuing in that vein. 
we even as a church, we we really want to be very clear that although we're meeting online and we're excited about the opportunities, and actually we've had more people engaged with our services online than we were before we had to go online. So that's that's really cool and actually a trend that's happening around the country. But but we want to continue to always make sure that it's not just about a Sunday, only a Sunday experience, but really letting God's light flow through us throughout the week. And so uh, if you have not, that starts with if you've not yet trusted your life to, to God, if you've not turned from your sin and said, I need you to be my Savior, Lord, and ask Jesus to come in and take away your sins and make you a new person, then that's the first step of trusting your life to Him. And for a lot of us, that's not the first step, but that's a step we need to take day in, day over and over and over again. <laughs> Because we may say we're believers in Jesus, but we're not always believers in Jesus. Uh-huh. And so it's re- believing in him in order to receive that life that he wants to bring to us. Um, also, we just want to say, if we, if you're new to Bluemont, if you've been invited by someone to check things out online, to come to a small group, or just found us anyway, we, we want to get to know you. Mm-hmm. And we have a way to do that through our website at bluemont.church on the Connect tab. You just go there and just let us know who you are and any questions you have, um, what's, where we can serve you, and we would love to make to get to know you, connect with you that way. Yeah. <laughs> Hi, yeah. welcome. That's right. That's right. We do have small groups that are meeting every week, uh, groups of usually about five people that are meeting online mm-hmm. and having just really good discussions yeah. in the Bible projects, mm-hmm. church, church at home uh, material. And it's just been some really relevant um, discussions and just really helping us come together. Yeah, it's always good to see a new face mm-hmm. and, you know, to see how everybody's doing in the week and catch up and talk about something meaningful and deep. Yeah, right. Another way to, to give is to give financially. And as we mentioned, a couple of giving is, is still a thing. And actually, it's I've been encouraged. I've heard a couple of stories of people that, that weren't giving before the whole quarantine thing, before COVID-19 started, who have started to give financially. Wow. And yeah, that's, that's cool. cool. Yeah. yeah. I remember we, we sometimes talk about how there's a stat or a thing that during the Great Depression, uh-huh. the, the Depression uh-huh. Americans gave more of their income percentage-wise than give now. Right. And so it's actually, it's not about what you naturally think of, but it's about receiving God's life and then trusting him and entering into this miraculous way of living. So this may be a time God's calling you to just to give. And you can do that with Bluemont on our website at bluemont.church at the give tab. And then also prayer. We've, a lot of us have been praying with thousands of other churches in the Unite 714 movement. And this is the last week we'll be doing that together. But you can go to unite714.com. And there's a prayer that thousands, millions of people yeah. around the world are praying together, really praying mm-hmm. um, for God's will to be done and for for the destructiveness of this virus to be pushed back mm-hmm. and for God to encounter people. In right, ways. really interceding for the nations, interceding for the healthcare workers, for God's mercy. And mm-hmm. I know I've been doing that prayer, and it really is good knowing all these other people are praying the same thing. And yeah. with one heart, we're really you know, beseeching God. Yeah. Right. So those are a few suggestions, um, but really it's receiving God's life, receiving first, and then giving. 
So, but you want to just pray for us and pray sure. for, you know, all of us together as we're wrapping up our time here. Yeah, so let's settle our heart before Jesus. So Jesus, we receive from you. We receive your life. We receive your words. And we thank you for your body that was broken and how um, we know it's you because you break your body on the cross and you freely give. Mm -hmm. And like the disciples recognized you when you broke bread, we thank you and say yes. And um, Jesus, I pray that you would come and encourage people this morning, mm -hmm. that in places of despair and fear, that you would come and bring hope and you would show that you broke your body and you understand, you know, um, that agony, but you also can give them people, all of us, something more, your life. And we receive your life, Jesus. And thank you for being victorious team. Mm -hmm. yes. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Okay, well, we are actually going to wrap things up with one more song of worship. But, so, Krista, we are not singing not us, once no, again. We're not leading that. But stay tuned, maybe one week. We will see. Mm, I'm not seeing that yet. <laughs> My eyes have not been open yet. Yeah. <laughs>